Welcome, welcome to Game Over Montreal. Let's, you know what? I went into the solo screen. I was going to bring Jared in right away, but let's bring Jared in right away right now. Because <laughs> uh, that's, uh, we, we don't need to do a big preamble. That sucked. That wasn't fun. Uh, I, I think going into the third period, it could have been a, a decent game, but that was not fun. <laughs> uh, Jared, welcome to the show. Glad to have you back. Uh, the Canadians played, I would argue their best first period in a very long time, like since the, the Bruins game maybe, but, uh, you could tell they're not as good as the Florida Panthers <laughs> we will say right now. Uh, obviously we're going to talk about, uh, Caden Primo tonight. I think that'll be our whole second segment, but for the start, I just want to talk about the rest of the players on the ice in, in this game. I'm just going to throw out there what I saw and then. You you tell me if you uh, agree or disagree. From my perspective tonight, I think the Canadians were the better team outside of when it comes to shooting. Uh, the Panthers played a very simple game. They gained the zone. One or two passes, shoot. One or two passes, shoot. They weren't necessarily looking for great scoring chances. The Canadians didn't give them that many great scoring chances in this game. But the Canadians would gain the zone, hold on to the puck, play themselves out of good positions and then shoot it when they no longer had anything to shoot shoot for and continually overpass the puck all night long. They did get some good chances, at least in the power play in the first half of the game there. But again, uh, Sergei Borowski was really good, but I don't think that they made him work that hard either. For this team going forward, I do think there has to be some level of focus on just shoot. Like, simplify the game. And one play in the third period, I think, uh, summed it up for me. I forget who had the puck. It was one of the Canadians players. It was either Armia or uh, maybe it was Tanner Pearson. And I appreciate patience with the puck. But when you have when you have the puck in a shooting position and you're looking for a pass and then you wait and you wait and you wait and then there's nobody open and then you just take a shot, just... Fire that puck as soon as you get it, man. Like, the Canadians are so hesitant to throw the puck at the net, and I don't understand why. And you see the dividends that it pays off if you can get a goaltender rattled by the way that the Florida Panthers played tonight. Yeah, I mean, just look at the goal that Montreal did score, right? That's that, that's not a good scoring chance. Uh, it, it's not a good goal by any stretch of the imagination. But Good play from like Caulfield, that, but yeah. Yeah, great play by Caulfield. That, like, that was... That was um, you know, a, a 10 out of 10 play, uh, absolutely great play. But I mean, that's a shot that should be saved, you know, yes. 10 times out of 10. Uh, and, and it almost was, he got a good piece of it, uh, but it went in, but I mean, yeah, it's little things like that are, are things that I think will come with this team. Like, like, I don't want to say that it doesn't matter right now, but it doesn't matter right now. Like, like th- th- there's bigger things that they have to get deal with than, but I, I think it's something to focus on down the road. But I think that right now, the focus is trying to play that that Martin Saint Louis style of of trying to, you know, see where people are and play off of that. But but I think there's something to be said about just shoot, shoot the puck when you have a uh, when you have an opportunity. I mean, Nick Suzuki in that third period uh, had a wide open net. Uh, I know he's trying to get Josh Anderson a goal. Like that's clearly what he was trying to do there. Uh, he knew who was there, 
but the best chance to score there is him to shoot right away. Yeah. Uh, and and he didn't, but not that you know it, it's not gonna matter in a game that ended what five one in the end. Um, but I mean things like that will add up, and if the game was closer, obviously it makes a big difference. But yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's hard to tell what this team's philosophy is, and that's not a knock on Martin Saint Louis or the team. It's just that there's so many other priorities right now that. I don't think that they're focusing on on that, and and rightfully so. Like, the focus right now is is on trying to get people on the same page and things like that, and and then you fine tune when you're, you know, it, down the road. But also at the same time, we're entering what year three of Martin Saint Louis, um, or or you know, second full year, I guess. But it, it's just it, it's going to matter, but they can grow into it as well. Uh, and and take notes on what works and what doesn't, and try things. And you know, it, it's it's a smart group, right? It, it's a smart group of players, a smart group of you know, coach Martin Saint Louis is, is a smart guy. He's not he's not dumb. Um, and, and I think that eventually they're going to learn what works and what doesn't. Um, but I think that when you're struggling to score, it, you kind of go against just shooting, right? Because you're like, oh, shooting is not going to work. We have to make the perfect play, and, and I think that plays into it as well. Uh, confidence and things like that, but yeah, I mean, you, you, they, they, Florida shows what good teams can do when you control a puck. You don't need to get yeah. the perfect scoring chance. Just volume, like goalies in the NHL aren't great. Like, I mean, they're great, but I mean, they're not invincible. Like, if you shoot on them enough, and today, I mean, you know, it's not like Primo and Bobrovsky are two of the best in the NHL. That's, but. More Some often would argue Bobrovsky is, but it seems to be on a year, off a year. I mean, at times he is, but I mean, does that really count? I don't know, but um, it, it just seems like if you do that often enough in the NHL, you're probably going to score some goals just because the goalie's going to screw up or it's going to get a bounce or whatever. Um, you, you saw it on Kovacevic's goal today. So, I mean, yeah. It, you can simplify the philosophy, but I think that the instinct when you're not scoring and the forwards for the Canadians have not been scoring, um, that's the instinct is to, we have to be perfect. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of what the instinct play takes over in a case like that. Yeah, and I think in, in this game, more than not scoring, I think the biggest issue was that the forwards weren't shooting. Uh, no. A lot of those patient plays that the Canadians make, which listen, like I said, sometimes patience is good. I think with, when it comes to like Nick Suzuki, patience is really good. One of the best things that Suzuki is able to do is just get in the way and stick with plays. He'll make a mistake. There was a, a few times tonight where he went for a pass, it got blocked. And then he somehow got the puck back anyway, because he just finds a way to patiently outweigh uh, uh, opponents, whether they have the puck or he has the puck and, and find a play. Right. But for a lot of, this team's issues in when it comes to shooting, it ends up being the defensemen who have the puck with somewhat of a shooting lane and they get frustrated and take the lowest percentage shot. And, you know, this happens a lot with teams that struggle with scoring, of course, but like they scored four last game. They shouldn't be, you know, thinking about the LA game. Right. And, and this right. wasn't the LA game. They had chances, uh, especially in the first two periods there. I thought uh, on the power play, they had some really, really great chances. Uh, 
uh, Ulanen had a fantastic chance that he just couldn't quite corral. So like, th there's things that went against them tonight as well, on, on top of that third period that just went off the rails with Caden Primo, and we'll talk about that later. I also want to talk about the new hook injury later and uh, potential fill-ins. That'll probably be our last segment before we get to the questions from our loyal, amazing viewers. Um... But yeah, make sure you like the stream if you're here. It always helps us. Subscribe to SDPN, all that fun stuff. I don't, I don't blame anybody for not uh, tuning in tonight because I get it. I'm, I would be frustrated if I was, you know, living and dying with the wins and losses. I'm frustrated even though I'm not. Uh, that that game was frustrating to watch, you know. And then you have Dave Poulin, who, on if you're watching on TSN, is just. I don't know what the Habs did to deserve having him on almost all of their broadcasts when they have like Mike Johnson and Cheryl Pounder there for other teams. They need like it's it's that and the injuries lift the damn curse because it's so annoying. I've never heard a guy who looks like like he just doesn't watch the game that he's commentating. It's crazy. But there were several times tonight where like the stupidest thing would be called and he's like, "Oh yeah, great call by the refs." Or like Suzuki without the puck gets hammered from behind. Dave Poulin's like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense not to call that because he was just anticipating the play. It's like, yeah, because he doesn't have the goddamn puck, Dave. You can't, you can't call, you can't do that. You can't hit guys like that. So I think that combined with the way that the Panthers play, which is dirty by design. Uh, I think that if you look back at the Paul Maurice Jets, they kind of played the same way. Uh, this is what they do. The Canadians kind of played through that pretty well for the first 40 minutes, got their power plays, didn't score, but then things fell apart in the third. I, I'm rambling a little bit here, but uh, it was a frustrating game to watch because I think they did, like, they didn't deserve to win, I'll say that, because the Florida Panthers are just a better team, even if the Canadians played well, but they didn't deserve a 5-1 loss, I think, and then you had the injury on top of it. I don't blame any Canadians fan for being like really upset after this one. Yeah, I think I you mentioned the shooting thing, and I, I think I think it was Arpin who who had a post uh, about that. Like the Canadians only had two shots from their top six forwards in the game, one from Suzuki, one from Gallagher, and that was like midway through the third period. Um, so I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, your forwards are supposed to score. It, the odds are, if you pass it back to the D it's a lower percentage chance than what you had in the first place. So uh, it just goes to what, what the, the kind of like philosophy is when they're on the ice and the instincts are, is to try and find space. And that usually that, you know, when a team collapses, the D is going to be open. You saw that on the, basically the, the, the Caulfield played a Kovacevic, you know, you had four guys on Caulfield and, and the D was all alone. I mean, that's, that's the play you want to make. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's not an ideal situation to have him being the one shooting the puck either. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's frustrating because if this game was last year, I don't think it's as frustrating. But this year we have seen how good this team can be. And, and you know, for 40 minutes they were in the game with the Panthers, who were a good team. and And then they just didn't show up in, in the third period. And, and it's not, you know, Primo, the, the early goal, eight seconds in, is, is a big part of that. Uh, but at the same time, you want to see a little bit more pushback. Uh, and and that just didn't happen. And, you know, it's back-to-back -back games. Florida was in Montreal, I think, last night already, like waiting for them. 
which is not ideal. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it, it's it's frustrating. But yeah, I don't think they necessarily deserve to win. But if you look at the score, I mean, they didn't deserve to lose like that either. No, no, not at all. Especially like, you know, I, the Florida Panthers had a pretty decent edge on the flow of play at uh, even strength. But honestly, I would argue a big reason for that is that they got away with a ton of horrible, horribly obvious calls. Like, tons of them. Even when it was 4-1. And there, there was one play in the third period there. Uh, right before they called Gallagher for goaltender interference, I think, when uh, Caulfield was hooked so badly that he was, like, perpendicular to the ice. His upper body was pulled back so bad. And then right after there is when Suzuki got hit from behind by... Kulikov I want to say maybe no it was Ekman Larson and he didn't have the puck and then right after that they call a, a ridiculous call on Brennan Gallagher who gets pushed into a goalie and hey it's Brennan Gallagher so you got to give the reputation call it it's a it's a weird one because the Canadians did have the big advantage in terms of power plays but I feel like it wasn't even big enough considering how things were called in that game and you know, the Canadians got away with several as well, but the officials were terrible in this one. Whether it was bad icing calls or missed calls or bad calls, it's a consistent problem that adds to the level of frustration. And then there's the injury on top of it all. If, if you're looking for positives, though, because uh, I saw somebody in the chat as soon as I started the show was like, cheer us up. I think it was Trinka. Yeah, Andrew, make us feel better. That's what it was. Uh, I would say if you're looking for a positive, this is the best game from Sean Monaghan in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that's kind of been struggling, right, um, after a strong start to the season. And it's kind of funny because when the team is struggling and, and the team as a whole kind of has been struggling lately, um, you know, wins, wins and games aside – uh, and so the when when a whole team is struggling, the individuals struggling don't get this as much attention, uh, unless they're you know glaringly obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Monahan hasn't been obviously bad in terms of you know obvious giveaways and things like that that stand out in, in a game. He's just kind of been there, and and so yeah, it, it's nice to see him uh, take a step up, especially if. You know, Alex Newhook is is out. Um, what's you know? I don't want to speculate, but it didn't look like a short term injury. No, um, it's not. So, uh, you know, if if he's another top six forward out, then you know you're gonna have to look for guys to to step up, and and Monahan is that obvious one. Uh, and obviously, the, the better he plays, uh, the more value he can have at the trade deadline. Um, and it's not too early to look towards that. Obviously, with his injury history, it might be a little too early to look towards that. Uh, but, but at the same time, I mean, it's you have to, you know, it, it's good to see players step up uh, because they're going to need somebody. Like, it's not going to be, it can't be as bad as last season. As I knock on wood here, but it, I mean, eventually, guys are going to have to step up. Um, yeah, well, well, well we're going to have to talk about who's going to step in here yeah. in the last segment, but let's. Let's talk about Caden Primo. And uh, again, if you're joining us now, please like the stream and uh, subscribe to SDPN. Hit that notification bell. Make sure that you 
get all your notifications when SDPN posts videos and all that jazz and help us grow. Grab the link, share it on Twitter or, uh, you know, whatever other social media that you enjoy. And we'll have some fun as more people join in here. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Christian says that uh, Martin McGuire is going off on the refs on 98.5. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Um, deservedly so. And again, it's not about they needed to be better for the Canadians. They're just shit for the Panthers too. Like, I'm sure Panthers fans are upset at how that game was officiated, just like the Canadians fans are, 5-1 or not. Um, but Caden Primo, I think we disagree on this, Jared, but... Uh, mm-hmm. If I was running the Canadians right now with the way that he came out in that third period, to me, there's really no excuse. He had a day in Montreal alone to prepare. He looked good for the first 40 minutes. He did not come out for the third prepared to play. And allowing the one goal is brutal. That really takes the wind out of the sails right off the hop. Allowing two more quick ones on like easily stoppable ones too. Like the, the Evan Rodriguez shot was an absolute banana that he waved at. There's no way that should go in on an NHL goalie. I'm throwing in the towel on him. I I, I would be putting him on waivers tomorrow morning. Uh, I think that there's very little chance that he gets claimed because of his con- his contract is pretty big for an American Hockey League goaltender and uh, other teams, you know, whether they need a goaltender or not. Like, I, I just don't see him as being someone that they look at as a solution at this stage in his career but he's probably better than anybody who's in Laval right now and and they need some goaltending so send him where he can get some reps and if the Canadians end up trading a goaltender they can call him back up I don't disagree with the premise but I think that the downside of him getting claimed as small as that is outweighs any benefit of sending him down and, and things like that. Because, you know, yes, is counting three goalies bad on a, on a roster? Yes, it's not ideal. But neither is having Jakob Dobesh as your only call-up option <laughs> if he gets claimed. Um, because he is clearly... he Putting him as the third goalie right now in the organization and the only other option for a call-up is the same thing as what they did to Primo two, three years ago, where they had no other option. They had to call him up. You know, he had a, you know, 800 save percentage and they were stuck and they had no one else to, to call up. I I think that there is an argument for it. He needs to play. He's not good enough. He can't be relied on. But I, I don't think they want to leave themselves in this situation. And I think that's the, the major thing is that they, losing Caden Primo, the player, is not that big of a deal, right? He, he's very unlikely to be a 1A, and 1Bs are pretty easy to find. <laughs> like, yeah. It, 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 the issue, and I, I see people arguing about, like, oh, you've spent all this time developing him. It's, it's a waste to lose him. I don't care about that. In terms of just organizational depth, you need him in the organization and you can't risk losing him because then you're going to be stuck in a situation where you have to trade for an Andrew Hammond or you have to trade for, for another goalie anyway. And on top of that, I think the best thing the Canadians can do right now is trade a goalie to Edmonton. I, right. I think that there's a, there's a lot of smoke there. Um, I, I don't think they're the only team that Edmonton looking at, but they're the most obvious ones. 
I, I think that you need to play that that card if if you get it. And you know, does that make the team worse if they trade, say, Samuel Montalbo? Yes, it does. I don't think it matters though. Um, I, I think that again, the benefits that you get for what you can get for him in a trade make it worth riding Allen and Primo. Um, and you know, maybe getting a goaltender back <clears throat> in the organization that you can send to Laval um on you know without clearing waivers, or you know, you can you can replace that goalie so you have a better third goalie than than Jakob Dobish. Um, the Laval thing, I think, you know, could make a difference, but I think the defensive situation there is so bad right now that no goalie is going to turn things around there. Uh, Dobish has been playing better lately. Um, not great, but but he's been playing better lately as well. It's not like the, the start of the season where he was really bad um, adjusting to pro hockey. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree that he doesn't, he's not an NHL goalie right now. But at the same time, they, they need... Uh, a better third goal in the organization right now. And and I don't think, is it a slim chance that he gets claimed? Absolutely. I don't disagree with you there, but on the, the chance that he does get claimed, then you're chasing a goalie. And when you're chasing yeah, a goalie, but, it, it's, it's not ideal. But the thing is, they, they if don't they have, were to trade Primo, they'd be in the same situation anyway, because you're not getting another goalie back plus a pick. So you're not, benefiting really from that trade either the like the only situation that makes sense to me with keeping primo is if right away they end up making a blockbuster trade with edmonton where another ahl goaltender is coming back or like jack campbell is coming back and the canadians offload anderson at the same time so that they're not taking back salary and even then i'm not sure i want to touch jack campbell's term with his contracts. Like I know Anderson has term left too, but I'm I'm not sure if there's a situation where they're getting a goalie back in a trade that's clean anyway. So to me, I think it's easier to chase an American hockey league goalie to help out Laval and have like a, a veteran to, to call up in case of emergency than it is to carry three goalies for this long. I feel like the opportunity cost is actually the other way around where like if there is an injury it's easier to solve a non-long-term solution and goal than it is to continually deal with this three goalie situation yeah i, I don't think primo is the one who would get traded just because i think his value is 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 the lowest of the three goalies uh but i i think that you have to explore a trade that brings assets back uh and, and a montambo or allen trade would absolutely do that and I think if you um, if you lose Primo for nothing, then that kind of limits you because then you absolutely need a goalie back because you only need a you not only need an AHL goalie, but you need a, a an NHL option back as well. Um, so it's it, it gets tricky. I think that the I don't think that they're losing anything from having three goalies on the roster right now because they have the flexibility of IR. Um, they've already used that a couple of times. Uh, I, I don't, you know, they have an extra forward as well. Um, you know, they have, they have a guy like Armia who can go down without waivers as well. So I, I don't think that that's a big issue. Obviously if Newhook is out at least a week, they can just put him on IR, uh, as well and, and call somebody up. I, I don't think it's that big, um, of a deal to have three goalies on the roster. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's a tricky situation. I don't know what offers are out there. I don't know how deep they are in talks. Obviously, if they're not close, just send Primo down. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I, I think it, that's the big thing, right? Like, if they have a deal in the pipeline, whether it's New Jersey who can't find a goalie to stop anything, and it seems like every goalie that leaves there seems to do much better, <laughs> and they haven't figured out anything related to the goalie coach, maybe there might be a problem. Uh or Edmonton, who, you know, at least tonight, they're, I think they only allowed one goal so far against the Jets. But uh, last I checked, we're losing. Yeah, still down one nothing. So uh, unless that's imminent and it's going to be a big deal that greatly benefits the organization, I, I think it's time to shit or get off the pot with the three goalie thing. I don't think it's, you know, killing the team or anything. I just think it's annoying. <laughs> and we need to stop having to deal yeah. with it and you know uh, mark uh is in the comments here and he he brought up that like sitting on uh veterans to try to like like force players into the into the roster to try to get something later on the line is starting to be a pattern with kent hughes and overall like that doesn't really frustrate me it didn't frustrate me last year but with this year i i think with uh, the way that anderson's been deployed and this three goalie situation it's just time to speed up the process. And, you know, if the difference is between netting a second round pick or a third round pick in a Jake Allen deal, I don't care. You know, I, I think the only one where they would have to be really careful is trading Sam Montembeau because I do think that he actually has really strong value right now around the NHL. And that isn't to say that he's going to be a, like a legitimate starting goaltender and the Canadians are giving up you know, a goalie of the future. I, I don't believe that Sam Montembeau is that, but I do think as an asset, he carries a lot of value and the Canadians can't rush that. So if that's the deal that's on the table, I get it. But man, we, we got to start seeing some, some dividends here paying off because it's so annoying to watch. Well, and also like the last, like I think nine games, they've just been rotating the three goalies, right? Yeah. Um, Which is not ideal for anybody involved. And and yeah, I mean, there's definitely issues there. Um, and like I said, if a deal is not imminent, then absolutely just send them down. But if there is, and you know, look, there's a lot of smoke right now. I mean, Edmonton doesn't send three people to watch a Columbus Montreal game, including a goalie scout, uh, if they're not really interested, right? Like there's, you know, you don't bring three people to watch um, two of the worst teams in the league if you're not actively searching for a goalie. Right, like it, it. So I mean, that's where a lot of what I'm my process of thinking comes from. But yeah, I mean, if there's nothing imminent and we don't know, we can't know unless you're, we're confused. Um, then then I I have no problem with getting Primo on waivers. Um, but yeah. let me finish off by by saying that at least. Cover my <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get you, I get you, <laughs> and ho hopefully it is imminent because this is like. The situation has run its course. I, and, I, and, I, and I think it could really benefit the organization, right? Like, I know that like trading Sam Montembeau could be a mistake unless there's a really big offer, and I think that's what it would take. Um, and, and I think that's where you have to start exploring that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, let's talk about the the injury to Alex Newhook because it looked really bad. And... You mean Abby's, Abby's brother, right? Yes, Abby's brother. Uh, we'll touch on the PWHL as well uh, before we uh, shift to the the questions. We'll try to go rapid fire here as much as we can because I don't think this we we want to be here for a super long time after that game. And 
just based on the the people in live right now, nobody really wants to be talking about this game. Too I much. have the worst luck. I did the St. Louis game too. Like it's yeah, uh, a couple of brutal like... ones. <laughs> but at least they played well in this one right, overall. Yes. It, like, it was a much I, I was, better game than St. Louis. Yes, I was kind of shocked when I looked at Natural Stat Trick and the Canadians had the high danger chances were fifteen to six for the Canadians in all situations. Obviously, power play time helps with that. Expected goals they had sixty point five percent of the expected goals in this game and lost 5-1 you know shit happens so uh, there's there's something to talk about for there but uh the new hook injury three times tonight it looked like he got injured and went down the tunnel twice the last one uh could not put any weight on his leg it looked really serious new hook had just started kind of hitting his stride again this sucks jared like how many times are Canadians fans going to have to watch players that are important to the future go down with these major injuries right as things seem to be falling into place? It's nuts. It's nuts. It's, it's crazy. It's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so similar to the doc timing as well. Right. Because doc, you know, he had a couple of scares where it looked like he might've gotten hurt, but he got back up and, and things like that. And then, all of a sudden, something happens and, and he gets hurt. Uh, and, and it is similar to that in this case, because it looked like a lot of times when he could have gotten hurt and he didn't. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't think that he played hurt and that led to the injury because it's very obviously an impact injury if you watch it. Like, it, yeah. it's it's not, you know, it doesn't matter if he was 100% healthy. Uh, going into a fall like that, you're going to you're gonna leave the game probably. Like, it, it's not, you know, unless you're like bionic uh leg person but i mean it's just it's freak just, injury it's, it, it's it's freak injury and it's it's always the not that i i want to discount anybody else in the organization but it's always the people who are are big parts of the future and at the same time i'm saying that it's also because a lot more players playing in the nhl right now are potential components to the future right like yeah um you know, the, the the defense is a good example of that. Like, there's nobody on the defense except for uh, Gustav Lindstrom, who you wouldn't say is a significant part of this team or the team's future. Uh, and forward is pretty much, the guys who play often, pretty much the same thing um, as well, right? If you look at those, you know, Slavkovsky and, you know, you can discount guys like, you know, Dvorak and Armia and you guys like that. But, I mean, the, the main guys are, are the, those are the guys that are going to play. So, um, the odds are that it's going to be one of those guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks. Like you can deal with the losses. You can deal with some injuries, but to have everything come back at like worst case scenario, um, is, is getting kind of tiresome when in year, what, three of this right now, <laughs> like it's, 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 it's hard to watch because even if you, even if the team is losing, you want to see guys that are playing and developing. And if those guys start getting hurt, like last year, it's just what are we doing here? <laughs> like, like yeah. why do I want to watch Nick Suzuki in the Laval Rocket? <laughs> like, um, and so it's it's yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's tough, and, and it's tough for a guy for New Hook who who like you said was playing his best hockey. Yeah, and it's not just the Canadians that have had this happen, right? Like in Laval, Heineman's out. Sean Farrell's out as of the other day. Uh, Leas Anderson's been out since the beginning of November. Like, there's not many options down there. And this is why, like, obviously Michael Pozzetta's going to get back in. And I, I don't believe he deserved to be scratched in the first place. 
But looking at Laval, there's not really much for call-up options outside of Joshua Waugh, and <laughs> this is not a situation where you want to call up Joshua Waugh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the, the good news is, I mean, they got the bad news of Farrell today out indefinitely, but the good news is that Heineman is cleared um, and is expected to, to play this weekend. Um, That's or good. This, this week. So, I mean, he's back, um, you know, Gabriel Gabriel Bork is back as well, but obviously that's not a call up option. Um, I I think that yeah, I mean there there aren't that many options for the Montreal Canadiens to call up right now, but I think if you don't want to put Joshua Wall in that situation, there are guys at least. You know, there's guys like Mitchell Stevens, uh, there's uh, Lucas Condota who played an NHL game last year. Like there's there's guys who can step up, be kind of that you know fourth line guy with Pizzetta and and Evans and and kind of help the team but yeah there's, there's not really much else um yeah. but but I, I do want to go off on a tangent a little bit and say that James Trouble has been outstanding oh um, yeah and he and, and, I, and he's kind of been surprising a little bit I think um because I I don't think that many people expected him to, to play that well but he was Laval's best D when he got called up and and he hasn't looked out of place, and it's kind of to the point where I, you know, how can you send them back down? Um, also, so yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's it's tough, but they do have options. Not many options, but but they are getting a little bit healthier. Uh, obviously, if Heineman gets those two games in this weekend, he becomes an option as well down the road uh, once he gets back into game shape. So, yeah, it's it's not dire. It's not like last year. Or even a couple of weeks ago when Laval had literally twelve forwards, uh, twelve Gavial had exactly ten forwards. Like they were, <laughs> they were scraping the bottom. Of the, the Canadians had twelve forwards too. Like everyone was like they were exactly at the limit. Uh, but it's not that bad now with some bodies coming back. But yeah, I mean, you know, next week I'll change over again. So you never know. Yeah, and and you mentioned Jaden Struble. Uh, he's an NHL player, and I know the book on Struble when he came out of college was he has all the tools, but they didn't kind of fit together. Right. Like body of a physical specimen. Right. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people on Habs Twitter have nicknamed him Greek God, which is Wasn't hilarious. Trevor Timmons who did that first. Was it Trevor Timmons? That is a very Trevor Timmons thing. It, it, it I, sounds like a Trevor Timmons thing. Like I feel, I feel comfortable enough to say that he probably said it. First. Yeah, and I always or, thought or at like least said it to Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin said it. Like one of the two. It could be. Sure. It could be for sure. I always wondered with, with Struble because like I don't watch a lot of college hockey, right? I, I haven't gotten a chance to before like this year see him a lot, <laughs> and because he's a, a black athlete, that like very toolsy, not very smart, is a very it's like a racist trope in black players in all sports. You, you <laughs> hear it about. Yeah, so I always wondered if that was actually true or if it was just, like, a guy who is physically ready to go but just hasn't, like, hit his stride and put everything together. Look at Uri Slavkovsky, right? Like, there's games where he's absolutely dominant and then there's games like tonight where he makes a lot of good decisions but the puck just keeps rolling off of his stick. And we wouldn't make those same comments about Uri Slavkovsky. So seeing him put everything together now and establish himself in a very short period of time as a guy who you can trust in multiple situations, who doesn't seem to have, like, like he has ice in his veins in a lot of situations. He doesn't seem to be afraid to make high-level plays in the NHL. That's found money. But aside from Jaden Struble, I will say uh, Lindstrom should sit, and they need to give Matthias Norlander a chance here because Lindstrom has not 
earned a spot on this team with the way he's played. He he I don't want to pile on him. Um I have not seen him play a good game uh, as a Montreal Canadian and it's I, I just I he's he's the personification of a guy who is in the NHL because they don't want to call up some of their younger players. Right. Um but but they literally have Matthias Norlander just sitting there. Um, I think it's beyond time. I, I think honestly, it was time on the California trip um, after after the Anaheim game <laughs> that that once once Matthias Norlander met them and uh, and got a practice in. Uh, I think that was the time. It's beyond time now. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, it, they got to try it at the very least. Uh, <clears throat> Mark says if Norlander was a right A, he'd play, but uh st louis loves his left right yeah that's that's a factor but they have guys that can move I mean, over though it, it doesn't have to be yeah. norlander on the right they can move somebody else over it's it's i i understand that that's that's what he's thinking um but i mean in laval i mean they they'd only had like one right d at one point so like it, it's it's not a um you know i'd almost rather him call up brady keeper than, than play gustav lindstrom uh anymore if that's a, if it's that much of a right thing but yeah it, it's um yeah i mean you have norlander there playing um, yeah and like to be fair to lindstrom as well like no one should be expecting him to play top top minutes with no. mike matheson like no. that's not a situation designed for success yeah, well, like I thought he was great tonight, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, but but in general, <clears throat> but yes, in general, he's, he's not, had a he, terrible season. He's not a Mike Matheson that's carrying his part either, right? No, like he, he. So I mean, it's not a guy who could be like, "Come on, my back, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play twenty five minutes. You'll play with me, and we'll be okay." Um, he needs that partner to kind of solidify him. Um, and and yeah, he was he was better today, but I mean, in general, he's not a guy who can carry the load for him and his partner on the top pair. Yeah, um, and that's nothing. Taking nothing against uh, from Mike Matheson, but he needs somebody else there. Um, yeah. All right, let's shift away from uh, the Canadians because they're boring. <laughs> uh, PWHL announced their schedule. Uh, what are you most excited about? Seeing Matthew Fit play play twenty four times a year. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's the easy answer. But no, just just covering women's hockey in Montreal full time. Um, again, uh, you know the Force were here last year. I'm not discounting what they did, but they only played two or three games in Montreal. Um, it, it's it's not a Montreal team. It wasn't a Montreal right. team last year. Um, so I think having that back for 24 games that that's that's what I'm most excited about. It's going to be so much fun um, seeing a lot of faces that I haven't seen uh, very often in a lot of years. It's 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 great hockey. It's going to be on TV. It's going to be visible. Um, Verdun Auditorium is a great place to see a game right now. Uh, and and I think it's it's um, yeah check it out when when they start in January because it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw somebody saying that the season would be split between uh, the Verdun Auditorium and Place Bell. Is it actually Place Bell or is it? It, it is Place Bell. The, it is the, Place Bell. I I, I I the way that they're going, the, all the arenas are at least twenty five hundred seats. Right. So they're they're getting away from that playing in practice facilities. Um. So I, I I'm very confident in saying it's it's the main rink um not the community rink because they want to have those fans they're selling season ticket packages with seats around the ice it, it's definitely Place Bell main rink but it's not a quite a split it's uh it's seven games in Verdun four Place Bell one TBA which happens to be a Saturday night that the Canadians are out of town 
maybe the Bell Center, maybe maybe a neutral site. It, it's 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 not an out. I don't want to say it's absolutely the Bell Center, but it's it's available that night. But um, are the Canadians playing that night? They're playing, but on the road. Okay, so it'd be great it, if they weren't is... playing. You know, it'd be really cool. We have like a like a game over meetup at the Bell Center for a PWHL game. That would yeah. just be so fun. Even even you know Redondo or Plas Bell like it's, yeah we it's, can do that it's too. A, it's a great it's a it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Like I'm I'm really excited. The the games are going to be um, on mostly on on Saturdays I think um, during the day. But the, the schedule is allowed. It's there's a Tuesday night game in Laval. There's there's it's it's a good it's a good group of games and it's going to be uh, every team is going to be good. It's like watching an all star game every night. That's that's the the main takeaway is that there's going to be players that you're watching it like this this seems like an all-star game. I remember the first time I saw Canada uh, and Team USA play live and you're looking at the ice and you see all these players and it's like an all-star game. And, and that's what this is going to be like. Like every team has uh, Olympians, uh, great college players, players that you don't haven't heard of yet uh, that you probably will hear of uh, by 2026 as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to finally have a league where there's going to be a spotlight on these players because they deserve it. Yeah. A league that is, is serious about, you know, making money yeah. for these players as well and, yeah. and, 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 and treating and, them properly. Yeah. Th- that's the big thing. Like I, I want to uh, quickly just talk about the elephant room, get on a soapbox a little bit. Um, sure. th- there's a lot of talk about the logos and the branding and the things like that and, and the jerseys and, uh, and things like that. And I kind of like that they're an afterthought. I know that they're important long term. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Uh, it'd be great to have a team name as opposed to calling them Montreal all the time. Um, but for season one, I don't think it really matters. Uh, but I think that all women's hockey professionally in North America has so long been portraying strength, but being chaos behind the scenes. Right. Uh, kind of like the the duck on on a pond, where you know, up above the water, like we are the best league and we are professional and uh, behind the scenes, it's like three volunteers running around, like like paddling around. Um, I, I kind of like that outwardly they're being like, we're going to screw up. We're going to mess up. And behind the scenes, people are already getting paid full time. Like uh, it's, it, it's such a reversal of, of portraying a long-term vision um, that I think it's hard for people to take them seriously, or at least it was maybe before a schedule came out and things like that. But I think now that the focus is going to be on games um it, it, you're gonna see the difference uh and and don't judge them based on the jerseys and the logos and the lack of team names like in it, it's i understand the importance i understand people want to get excited about things like that uh they are important long term but getting a league started in a few months um and and being able to 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 do, make that happen uh is is a feat in itself and and i think that it it, sh- it portrays a long-term vision that women's hockey at a professional level in north america has just not had yeah i i do think it's a bit of a fumble to not have team names i'm not too concerned about the jerseys i think that it, it's pretty like ea sports generic team which which kind of <laughs> stinks but yeah. at the same time i i feel like we can't hold uh the standard for this startup league to a, like the NHL or the NBA or the MLB, because these are leagues that have existed for a hell of a long time. And I, mean, I think for people who are frustrated about the jerseys, like I get it. I, I am too, but 
the Montreal Canadiens didn't design their iconic jersey for like five or six years after they ent- entered the league. Their first jersey was blue with a big C on it. They had a maple leaf on it before the maple leafs existed. So that, that, I, I do think the there is thing. a little bit of leeway that has to be yeah. given from a design perspective, but I, I do think not having team names kind of sucks. Like, obviously, we're in a different world from 1917. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, the, we're in a different world than 1917. But at the same time, the NHL, when it started, the, all their logo, all their jerseys were a letter. You know, there was a T for Toronto, an M for the Maroons, a C for the Canadians. Uh, you know, the, the the Toronto team, when they played their first game in 1917, they didn't even have a name yet. Um, yeah. So I, I and, and just we do live in a different world, social media, like you expect better. And obviously that's, that's understandable. And I understand what people are saying that, but for team names in particular, waiting is better than getting it wrong. That, <laughs> and, yeah. And, 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 and I think that, you know, if the names came out and they were the names that were reported or trademarked, um, yeah, it was like a Montreal worse. echo or whatever, the, the Montreal echo, which made me think of Olympic stadium instantly. And that's not a good thing. Um, I wonder so, if the reaction to those names are kind of why everything was put on hold. I think that's a part of it. I think also they were trademarked before they brought in their VP of business uh, operations. And she is the person who is really running the branding and things like that. So it's a little bit of tomato, tomato. Um, but but I think it's it's also important that they get it right, even if that's a year two thing. Uh, and look, year two, season two, will have already started a year from now. Like, we have to remember, this is a late start. You know, year one's a shortened season. It's only 24 games instead of 32. Um, like, a year like from starting now, with a lockout. Yeah, like, basically. Um, I mean, technically, they kind of did, because the whole PWHPA was a labor movement, yep. <laughs> in a way, right? So, um I mean, yeah, it, basically that's basically what's happening. And they have to start a league. Like if this was a an expansion team joining a league, absolutely unacceptable to not have a team name. But having to start a league from scratch, it, it's and six teams and, and things like that, it's it's a bigger ask. Um, and I think it's more important they get it right. And the big thing, big scheme of things, a year from now, we're gonna be talking about season two already starting. Like that's how quickly things are going right now. And so I, I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's transition into some questions because we have a couple on the PWHL <clears throat> in general that I think are are great or or a good way to start. Uh, Trinka asks, uh, or not really asks, but says, as someone from Toronto who cheers for the Habs, I'm torn as to whom to cheer for in the PWHL. I feel like maybe wait and see, but I'm really expecting Montreal to win me over. But Sarah Nurse and Natalie Spooner. Counterpoint though, <laughs> Mary Philippe Poulin, like <laughs> Mary Philippe Poulin. Come on. Like you don't need anything else. It's Montreal all the way. Yeah, I mean, look, you could go down every team. They have people who are superstars in their own right. Like you know, Boston having Hillary Knight, uh, who used to play in Montreal, by the way. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, you know, New York having Abby Rock and Alex Carpenter. Uh, Minnesota having Taylor Heisey and um, Lee Steckline and 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 Kendall Coyne Schofield, like. Anywhere you go, you're gonna find a woman's hockey player you you admire, whether you're American or Canadian. It's just the the way things are. Um, I I think that Montreal has a connection to the Canadians um, in terms of how to play, like literally working for the team. Yeah. Um, but I think there's gonna be a lot more um, coordination. I I don't think it's it's that far off 
um, for being a uh, a Montreal fan in Toronto. But also, look, if you're, I know, I know people who cheer for the Habs and and cheer for Toronto in women's hockey, uh, and I completely understand that. Like Sarah Nurse and Natalie Spooner are great. Like, um, you know, even if you're uh, closer to Ottawa, Ottawa has a great team. <laughs> like yeah. uh, Brianne Jenner, Emerson Smashmeyer, Emily Clark, three of my my the the, the best people I've I've dealt with in women's hockey. Like. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's they're, they're all good teams, like I said, they're all all star teams. You look at any team, you're going to find players you like, and so maybe that's where you start. You know, if you're if you're a Sarah Nurse fan, maybe you start with Toronto. Um, the good news is that it's a small league, uh, the good news is that it's going to be visible, um, so you can pick your own team. You're not going into a situation where you're looking at 20 teams, like, what do I choose? Um, so I think it's going to be easy to, to get in on the ground floor, but yeah, not can pick play, not to say anything else. Yeah, it's hard to argue Mary Philippe Poulain. It's it's Mary Philippe Poulain. Like, Unless you're American, I guess. Kind yeah, of. I mean, e- even Americans can't deny, right? Like, how many golden goals does one person need before it's, you know, ridiculous? But, yeah, I think when, I, when I'm looking at this, this whole thing, like, every team is going to be really fun to watch. Every team has headline star players in this. It's going to be really, really fun. Uh, Trizak had a question here did i lose it uh i did lose it didn't i where'd it go oh here it is uh who scores first uh josh anderson or one of the goalies uh obviously referencing uh tristan jerry scoring tonight in pittsburgh outscoring josh anderson that's it's rough you know what i think i i, I honestly i thought he was going to ask who's going to score first josh anderson or Mario for play who doesn't play until january 2nd yeah, I <laughs> I, 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 I thought that's where for... that question was going. I'm um, not gonna lie. Um, I I do think I I don't think you can bet on a goalie scoring first, especially a Canadian's goalie, um, just because of how bad they play when the other team pulls their goalie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to pile on Josh Anderson, but I mean, ugh, eventually. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh... You know what I think though? After that fight tonight, he scores next game. Which will be I, I, uh, Mark Dumas hosting with uh, Prashant Iyer uh, taking on the Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. So that's going to be a fun one. They can compare rebuilds. Yeah, talking about Ben Chirot and Jeff Petrie. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh man, I mean, here if you want to end the show on a good note, because we, we're not getting a ton of questions coming in. If you're a Montreal Canadiens fan and you're upset at the pace of the rebuild, <laughs> look across the border at the Detroit Red Wings under. The supposed genius Steve Eiserman, they're not really going anywhere. Uh, look, look at Patrick Buffalo, Kane look at or not. Ottawa. Look at Buffalo. Look at Ottawa. Like, yeah, like they were all expected to make a push, and the only team that's even in the picture right now is Detroit, kind of, uh, because Tampa has been so bad. Um, but I mean that that's that's a a real concern for all three of those franchises because Montreal has a little bit more leeway because they're still in the early process. A lot of, you know, their top talent hasn't even made the NHL yet. Uh, but I mean, eee. yeah, like yeah. Uh, eventually, you know, you need to start having results and those three teams have not been having results. And, and it, it's kind of scary because they've all kind of accelerated Buffalo, not so much, but they've been in it for longer. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, been it, what, a it, decade. Kind of like, like, yeah, I mean, they, they haven't tried to make the big moves like Ottawa and, and Detroit have, but also they've been in that place for like 15 years, I want to say. So yeah. it's been a while. Like Jack Eichel is drafted, what, 2005? So 
And that wasn't the Star Wars no, no, not, either. Not 2005. No, 2015. That was sorry, the Crosby sorry. draft. <laughs> Jack Eichel's 36 I, I, years I, I, old. I forgot to carry the one. I forgot to carry the one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. man. I mean, 2015 is still almost 10 years ago. Uh, and that wasn't the start of their rebuild either, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... I don't want to use a French term, but ça presse. You know, like yeah. you need to start going a little bit. Like it's um, so. I mean, as bad. Like, Montreal's in not a great situation, but I wouldn't want to be in those three teams or situations either. Because if they're not winning now, when will they? Would you need another top five pick, another two? Like what? What do you need more to to get going? And it's it's um it's a question that I don't want to have to have the answer to like i'm glad i'm not their gms <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is tough i i do have confidence in buffalo specifically because i they employ so many smart people that yes it, they, like, they also you have look more at, prospects they also have yeah. more like their 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 prospects are still coming up like, they, have, they have a lot of depth in, in that pool as well whereas yeah. ottawa and detroit are kind of like who's not in the nhl right now like simon edmondson like He's not going to make a big difference. Like he's no, not the no. guy who's going to turn it around. That yeah, that's the big thing, right? Is those teams don't have the backup coming in. Whereas like Buffalo just added Zach Benson. They're going to have Matt yeah. Savoy. Like they have yeah. the pieces that Buffalo has are in my mind significantly be- better and more important. Devin Levi when he hits, which I fully yeah. believe he will. Yeah, uh, I, is, is going to be Buffalo's incredible. Buffalo's big problem is that they bet on Levi and he wasn't ready yet. Yeah, and 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 that's that's where they're that's why they're in the situation they're in. Like I I, I do have more faith in them, but they were expect to take a jump, and yeah. and you know it hasn't it happened. Just shows, just shows how goaltending is so important. Yeah, and frankly, I think if you want to take it on a negative note, uh, you look at those three rebuilds and realize like the the path forward for the Canadians is not necessarily linear, right? There, there's going to be bumps. It's not in linear, row. but but also it's not all about top talent either. Because all those three teams have arguably that top talent. Like Ottawa has. I don't know if Detroit you know, does. No, not as much. You no. Know, I mean, but they have Larkin. They have the Brink. Like they have the older part, not like in that yeah. that, that rebuild nucleus. But like um, their top you know, young player is Cider. And like he's good. Raymond and Cider. Yeah. Yeah. And like Raymond. Raymond's good, but like is Lucas Raymond better than Cole Caulfield? I don't think so. I, I think I think a lot of people um, who think ne- negatively about the Canadians and, and I include fans into that would say yes. Um, but, but I, I also think no personally. Um, but, I, but I think, yeah, I think that's the big question about Detroit. And also they, they've gotten really old in some of their signings, like Petrie and Sherratt, like those are people that Montreal didn't want anymore. And, and Montreal yeah. was even a little bit farther. Like, like it's just, it, it, it's, it's a tough situation. And I, I, I talked to a Red Wings fan, um podcaster before the season started i'm like do, do you fear that one of those three will have to rebuild again before they make the playoffs and he's like yes and i think it's us yeah <laughs> um, that sucks that's a that's a terrible <laughs> feeling because yeah. like that's what buffalo is buffalo is a second straight rebuild right the the eichel mm-hmm. rebuild failed and yes. now they're on to another rebuild that sucks it sucks to live through as a fan so, hey, shout out to those franchises. But let's wrap this up, Jared, because we went way longer than this game, frankly, we deserved. And uh, thanks so much for joining me again. Thanks, everyone, for joining me uh, and Jared, of course, on the show live. It means a lot to us to chat with you every single game. And uh, the next show is going to be Mark. 
which will be really fun on Saturday. I will see you in a week, a little bit more than a week, because uh, my parents are coming to visit and they're going to sleep in this room that I record in. So I don't want to <laughs> be moving the camera every day. All right. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.